how many times you call a company, the call gets forwarded to somewhere in India in those big call centers, and they have zero idea how to truly help you. They are literally reading a script, and it's so damn frustrating. I, I can't yeah. stand it. And that's why, well, you know, buying local. And the true test of a company is how they respond to problems, too. Like, I almost, I, I, I mean, I, I don't wish problems on any customer client, but I, I look forward to when there are issues because, it, you know, I get excited about being able to convey how seriously we take those things and be able to jump on the ball and get them remedied immediately. Good morning, everybody. Episode 145, KT Confidential. Hello, Ariel. Hello. Good morning. How are you, how are you today? I'm great. Episode 145. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Uh, and today's topic is going to be customer service 101. And this is um, something that came up recently. It made me want to talk about this. So I'll maybe start off by talking about that. But there's many situations and everybody well, can relate, I'm sure. I think we start off by talking about the fact that Customer service now is probably, and we can dive into what customer service means, but it's probably the most important thing that any entrepreneur, any business can do in this day and age. And people want very timely responses. People want ease of responses, and um, and yeah. So let's let's dive in so, with your topic. I've got one. I um, I've got a couple of things that I'll I'll touch on with this topic because you know, for us being business owners and being in customer service related industries, pretty much both of our entire lives our entire careers. Um, I think there isn't enough discussion about this topic, right? Like people are doing videos and podcasts and all this on selling and how to sell and the Grant Cardones and the Gary V's of the world telling you to go out and hustle. Gary V is really good at it. Yeah, actually. Gary He's, v actually, I, I, yes. Yeah. You know what? He's he talks about a number of one, situations. Yeah, he's probably the one because he he talks about empathy a lot and and yeah. uh, talks about but he, um, but even, servicing people. Yeah, even what they talk about though, and how it made different. Grant Cardone from... as an example. Sorry to interrupt you, but Grant Cardone is an example. He's like the gorilla, chest pounding, go out and sell kind of guy. Doesn't yeah. really talk about customer service. No, and who knows where you know whether or not he excels in that, but he's obviously successful. So one would think that to a degree he does but well, somebody in his organization might be yeah well and that's a whole nother thing is making sure that the the kind of culture uh, within your corporation of how to handle customer service trickles down to all the people that are face to face with your clients and customers. So the now there's different customer service things that I suppose from this perspective, I mean there's the ongoing day-to-day -day interactions, there's the timely responses, there's 
you know, being, being, you know, going above and beyond to, to accommodate people, but specifically where I think the most important part is, is how you handle problems. And, you know, there's, you know, we're big advocates of quickly responding to incoming inquiries and, and, you know, providing excellent service, but the true test of a company comes down to when there's um, some, somebody's dissatisfied or there's a yep. clear problem. There's a complaint, an issue, or somebody's not yeah. happy for some reason. So for me, and the reason that uh, came to mind today was I haven't bought shoes for a very long time. And I decided, you know, I need to buy some shoes. So I went online and I was looking for shoes. And I found on, um, I ended up buying a couple pairs from Sporting Life, which is a store that I've, I've always been a big fan of. I enjoy going to their, I mean, I haven't been there forever, obviously due to COVID, but I, I've been a customer of theirs probably for 20 years. A nice store. They got but, nice stuff. Yeah. So a nice store to walk around, nice selection of stuff. People in the store are fairly uh, helpful. Um, and it's a nice environment. So I've always enjoyed shopping in the store. But my online experience has been quite the opposite. So I ordered a couple of pairs of shoes. And I realized moments after submitting the order that one of the items I ordered in the wrong size. So I immediately reached out by email and sent a message, a DM through Instagram. Now, first problem is there's no phone number, which drives me mad. Like people want to have human interaction. There's literally no way to communicate with anybody in the department that would be uh, responsible for online ordering. Now, even once the store is open, I called the, the store and they said, nope, that sorry. Size. That's yeah, crazy. They said, nope, sorry, we can't, we can't help you. Uh, you need to submit an online request. I'm like, don't you have like a backdoor number? You could just call and make an inquiry on my behalf. And they're like, nope, we don't even get to talk to them. Like it's, <laughs> so they're like, we fill out online requests. So it seems a bit ridiculous. Anyway, so I, I know when I ordered those, I knew that it did say, if you have made a mistake, unfortunately, we're not, not able to make any changes to the orders. So I respect that, but it's still, you know, I wanted to try to see if they would help me out. Um, anyways, I finally got a response by email and it was a very scripted response. Like it's obviously somebody on the other side of the computer says, okay, what's the question? Okay, this is the answer. And they click a button that drops that paragraph into the email and they send it. And then I replied saying, you know, and it basically said, sorry, we can't help you. Well, it's basically going to a call center in some other country. Right? Yeah. And uh, so then I wrote back and I said, hey, like, I've, you know, I understand your policies, but is there anything, can you think of any way you might be able to help me? You know, I literally sent the request 30 minutes after I sent the order. Uh, even on the order form, when you submit the request, it says orders take one to three days to process before being delivered. So I would assume that there's maybe a, a period of time in there where you might be able to help out. But at an absolute minimum, uh, even if they weren't able to change the order, I it would have been nice if they talked to me like a human being and said, hey, this I'm sorry to hear this happened. Uh, what you can do is return it to your local store. Where do you live? I'll get all the information for you. Like provide me like make an effort to convey to me that you're trying to help. They could have said, well, order the, the, the same pair in the right size. Here's the address to drop off the old ones when you, when you get them. But they didn't. The second response they sent to me was basically, well, not yet. Yeah, it was almost to a T the exact same 
email. So, um, it's frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. And if I understand, I I understand their standpoint from, you know, not making the changes because logistically it can be a nightmare for a company like that, especially when it comes to, um, apparel and clothing and whatever, because they basically will have a fulfillment center center and, uh, it's all done electronically now. So now you have a manual labor inject manual labor injected into that process for somebody to hunt down your order, make the change, you know, do all that. Do they allow returns? Yeah, they do, but they're, I mean, it's not convenient. Um, not that it matters. I understand the convenience, just... but if they allow returns and they pay, do they pay for the return? No, they won't let you, sh- they won't ship it back. You have to drop it off. So now I have to go all the way to Sherway Gardens. Well, or that's go ridiculous. Their, or you can go to their fulfillment center, which I'm not sure where that is, but that goes to my point in saying, you know, they should have, prov- they should have said, hey, where do you live? I'll give you all the information you need. To make it as easy as we possibly at can least on drop you. it off at Canada Post and right. Well, Never. and that's what, my what point. Size? Like, what size is the shoe? I ordered an eight. Eight. Yeah, I, I probably didn't even select the size. I just clicked. Oh, that's nice. I'll add that to my order as well. And I forgot to choose the size. Now, when you chose the size, like when you picked those items and you went to check out, yeah, was there any prompt that said? Did you confirm your shoe sizes? Uh, not specifically, but it, it, there was definitely opportunities to review the order, and I did. I just didn't catch it. So I, I don't. I'm not saying I wasn't responsible. I take full oh, responsibility. I, I'm not saying that you're not or it wasn't. But as an example, when you, I used to sell shoes. That was my literally my first job at the shoe club at yeah. uh, Highway Five and Winston Churchill. My buddy got a job there and uh, he said, hey, you looking for a part-time job? I was 16 years old. I had worked for as an electrical apprentice uh, in the summers, but this was my first job that, you know, was not um, not a temporary thing. It was a permanent part-time job. Yeah. And uh, one of the first things they teach you at the checkout double check the shoes to make sure it's the right shoes and both of them are the right sizes. Yeah. Right. So you think on, you know, in an apparel and, and a company like that, that sells predominantly things that are size related, you know, have a pop-up that says, is this the right size for this t-shirt? Is this the right size for these shoes? Did you double check because you cannot return it or if you do return it, it's going to be a pain in your ass. Yeah. Right? Well, it, to that point, I never thought about it. That's a great idea. And like they did have a prompt to confirm your order. Um, but where, you know, size is obviously the most important factor in the item you're ordering. They should make it like, is this the right size? And these are the sizes you ordered. Um, so uh, anyways, I will probably never shop there again. No, to that point, well, to to that point, based on that story, if I have any, because I do all of my clothes and shoe shopping online now uh, as well. Yeah. And uh, Sporting Life used to be a store that I, much like yourself, you know, that two-story store that you kind of 
and it's got something for everybody, something for the kids, something for your spouse, whatever. And, you know, it's got all the outdoor gear and, and lots of nice brands and all that. And they do a pretty good job of merchandising it all. And I love when they have like the clearance or sale racks, you know, you rummage through those and whatever. But based on your story, I won't even go onto their website because there is zero chance I'm going to order something online, try it on at home. It doesn't fit, doesn't work. I don't like it, whatever. And then I have to drive it to take two to three hours out of your day to take it back. Not happening. Sorry. No. There's lots of other places that sell the same damn products. Yeah. Well, and had they have dealt with my concern a little bit better, like, again, I wasn't expecting a handout, but just treated me like a human being. Um, I went on this morning and I bought three more pairs of shoes from another store. That probably would have been from their store if they had have dealt with Thank the problem. You. Thank you for buying so many pairs of shoes because Natalie complains about how many shoes I have. And I don't even have a lot anymore. She she commented last week, I don't know any other guy that has as many shoes as you do. And literally, I think I have maybe, I've got two pairs of like winter boot kind of things. Okay, three, if you include like the rubber ones. Uh, I have two pairs of sandals, three pairs of running shoes, which includes... Like I keep a pair of running shoes and a pair of flip-flops at the cottage all the time. Um, One pair of dress shoes. I'm down to one pair of dress shoes, which I've had for like seven years. And I think that's it. So I don't know, like seven or eight pairs total of everything. Yeah. So I I don't think that's excessive. No, need, there's fact, so many after different she occasions. said that, I said, I'm going to go and buy some more shoes because I feel like I don't have enough. Yeah, that's uh, funny. So I have a quick story for you. Uh, you know, I hate, I never had Christmas lights, right? And, uh, you know, after Natalie moved in, she wanted to have um, Christmas lights. And I always thought that it looked nice and whatever. But, you know, growing up as a Jewish kid, you don't have fucking Christmas lights. Never had a Christmas tree. And anyways, so one year, uh, she, she said, look, I really want Christmas lights. So can you put some up? If there's anything that I hate more, I don't know what it is, but installing and uninstalling Christmas lights is not something that I enjoy doing, especially, I know you do yours every season. I do. And it I doesn't commend, mean I enjoy it. And I but, commend you for it. But um yeah, I don't I don't have any motivation to install or uninstall Christmas lights. And I hired somebody to install them a couple of years ago. Three three years ago, I think. Three winters ago. And they did a nice job. And it didn't cost a lot of money. Like the amount of time it would have taken me to install them, it was well worth the money. Um, and it and it looked good. Like they didn't mess anything up. Like knowing me, I would probably mess something up or ruin something. Anyways, uh, as you know, being my neighbor and all, and your wife grilling me about taking them down too. Um, what was it? Maybe a couple of months ago, I just went up on on your ladder. You let me borrow your ladder, and I just tore them off and 
because a, a few strands were not working anymore or whatever. So now I was thinking, oh, now we don't have Christmas lights. I better get Christmas lights up. Otherwise, it's not going to be a happy house. Right. And I don't want to go through buying new lights and installing them myself. And I thought, okay, there's got to be a better way. So I started searching for options, more permanent options. And, you know, having a family that has electrical background in it certainly got the wheels spinning as to what, you know, what products are out there. What can I find? So, of course, Facebook and Instagram listening to me and watching my every move. And all of a sudden on Insta stories, there's a electrical company, electricians, uh, offering a service where they install these permanent Christmas lights. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, wow, that's cool. You can control it from an app. You can change the colors of these lights. What makes um, them permanent? I don't know. I don't oh. know. The price is really. I'll get to that very part discreet. of the. Well, imagine it being like soffit lighting. So right. instead of it clipping on the top of um, your troughs, uh, it's installed kind of below. Right. Not in, they don't cut into the soffit, would they? I mean, that would be the ultimate, that would be actually be a cool idea. Yeah, I don't believe so, but I cannot answer it because, so anyways, these guys came up on my Insta stories and I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I went onto their website, called them, nobody picked up. All right, fill in the request form on, on the website. A few days goes by, a week goes by, two weeks goes by. Nothing. All right. Next day, literally next day, I'm scrolling through Insta stories. There's that ad again. Same company, some electrical company in Guelph. Yeah. A preferred, quote unquote, preferred supplier of this product. Nice Insta ad. And it's an ad, it's a sponsored ad direct you to that product on their website which has request more information and a quote right on that page so they did it right nice ad it caught my attention they obviously had targeted ads because i was searching for that stuff it's a product that i want i said okay i'll give them the benefit of the doubt filled in the request again this is now two, three weeks later. Do you think I heard back from them at all? That's think. crazy. Nothing. I had, I had the same I thing care. happen. I don't care if it went to your, well, first of all, if it went to your junk, you need to fire whoever's building your website uh, or whoever's monitoring it, missed it, or I don't know what. But well, to that point, I, I have some, uh, I can understand that happens. It's happened to us. I mean, you get a message for some reason, we don't see it. And then it, a month goes by and you're like, oh my God, how did I miss this? And that, in those cases, I've still responded and said, hey, I'm terribly sorry. We somehow didn't see this. It wasn't in our inbox. Um, it happened hope- when we were 
switching over websites and uh, hosts. Yeah, we were getting emails that were coming yeah. through. Yeah. So in those cases, though, we still responded, even if it was a month later, and said, hey, terribly sorry, this is what happened. I hope everything worked out for you. If you ever need assistance in the future, da 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 da, da. So at least they know we're on the ball and you know we take responsibility when we fuck up. Um, but that that's the big thing. I had the same thing with you as you with, um, I was looking at a Harley Davidson motorcycle. It was a new electric version. And I thought, Oh, that's really cool. And there was ads popping up to test drive it. I'm like, wow, why? Sure. I'd love to try driving it. Um, so I filled it in a couple weeks went by, never got a response ads kept popping up. So I'm like, I'll fill it in again. So I filled it in again, a couple weeks spent by never got a response. And it just blows me away because these are paid ads um, for, you know, big product in that case. And it's just like, what happened? And that was forever ago. So even if it did get lost, I'm sure they found it at some point, never replied though. I told you my Traeger stopped working. By the way, you're listening to episode 145 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. If you have a story about customer service and poor customer service, or even great customer service, doesn't have to be real estate related, leave a comment below. We'll talk about it in one of the upcoming podcasts, but we'd love to hear your customer service related stories and how that affected your purchase decision or your or future, repeat, future yeah. repeat purchase decisions. Um, because, you know, in our industry, People that are very happy with us and our customer service, not only are, you know, there's so much to our jobs, marketing, negotiation, uh, presentation, you know, so many variables, but at the root of everything is customer service. And that's the only time people will come back and do business again with us is if, you know, they're genuinely happy with how we handled everything, right? Um, So we'd love to hear. Um, any stories that you got and um, what was I talking about? Oh, Traeger. So my Traeger barbecue, you know, it's relatively new. And I, uh, when it comes to barbecues, I'm the type of guy, you know, you turn it on, hit the button, starts working, put your chicken on there, take it off, give it a wipe down and ready to go next time. Right. And much like you did with your barbecue, um, I'd get a service every few years, have the guys come, take it apart, sand it down, you know, clean it up. And it's like a brand new barbecue. And away you go. Well, Traeger is a little bit more, these smokers are a little bit more um, hands-on in the sense that they use pellets and those pellets have essentially sawdust that accumulates in in the bin and in the gr- in the grates of the gr- or, uh, in the bottom of the grill itself, and it actually has to be vacuumed out. And the short story of it is that some of that sawdust clogged the auger. The auger takes those pellets and moves it into the little fire pot that keeps the barbecue hot. And I didn't know this. I didn't know that that was the root cause of this issue. So I called. Uh, the Traeger customer literally called the customer support hotline, yeah, which transferred me to a young lady that, no offense to her, but based on how she was guiding me through this process, I don't think ever has used a Traeger herself. 
based out of I don't know what state in the U.S. Um, and the call was almost an hour long before I hung up because every question she had to go into their, probably going onto their website, so something I could have done, and typing in all of these things to search, you know, uh, the diagnostics of it or, you know, whatever. Anyway, she's telling me to remove four screws from the side of it. And I'm looking for these four screws and I'm on a video call with her. Oh, wow. Okay. And well, that's impressive that they actually went to that degree. Yeah. A lot of companies are now. A lot of companies have cloud video um, service for, for that kind of stuff to help walk you through, which makes a lot of sense. We do the same thing. Um, anyway, she's telling me, okay, it says, it says to locate four screws on the outside and I'm looking for these screws and there's no fucking screws and literally was 40 degrees Celsius outside and the sun is beating down on my bald head and I'm sweating like a pig and I'm like holding up the camera and I said, look, there's no screws anywhere. She's like, well, I don't, I don't know. Do you want me to, all she kept saying was, do you want me to refer you to a service center? Right. Like what the hell does that mean? So let me just figure out how I'm going to stuff this massive barbecue in my trunk Yeah. and drive it to Acton or wherever the service center is where I bought the place, uh, bought the barbecue. And anyway, so, I got off the phone with her. I hung up. I got so frustrated and I was overheated. And I just said, okay, forget it. I'll figure it out. And I hung up. So I went on to YouTube. And 20 minutes later, I figured out probably the root cause of the issue because I didn't see any pellets coming out. So I took apart the whole side of the barbecue, pulled, pulled everything apart, cleaned it up, put it back together. Works like a charm. So you would think somebody in the support, because this is literally a... That's got to be a number one reason somebody calls. Right. Especially for new users. And this is a phone number that you're supposed to call with diagnostic issues. So I don't know. It would make sense to me if you had somebody working that hotline that actually has had to have taken apart this machine a few times. And serve uh, like gone through this process with other people a few times or gone through training that says you're probably going to get a lot of calls from idiots that don't know that they have to vacuum this thing every few uses. Otherwise the auger is going to get clogged. And right. So it, it's, it's so much more than responding to a filled out form or, having a phone number that's accessible for somebody with an issue to call or acknowledging, you know, it's having people that are properly trained and that have the common sense to be able to even field your question. How many times you call a company, the call gets forwarded to somewhere in India in those big call centers and they have zero idea how to truly help you. They are literally reading a script. And it's so damn frustrating. I I can't stand it. And that's why, you know, buying local. And the true test of a company is how they respond to problems too. Like I almost, I, 
I, I mean, I, I don't wish problems on any customer client, but I, I look forward to when there are issues because, it, you know, I get excited about being able to convey how seriously we take those things and be able to jump on the ball and get them remedied immediately. Well, I think if you can turn an upset customer into a happy customer, you have a customer for life. I've said that for many, many years, dating back to, um, you know, selling shoes even, but certainly selling cars, you know, there's, and of course, car salesmen are, you know, predominantly viewed as being sleazy and slimy and sketchy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, but any, and there were a lot of issues that came up, right? Like people have issues with the car or whatever, and they come back to you and they say, Hey, my whatever seat isn't heating in the winter, you know, or it doesn't yeah. have heated seats. You told me it had heated seats or, you know, then you take that person and you make them happy whatever it takes you make them happy now some people yeah you'll never make happy right they just complain about yeah, everything but and you have to recognize that you know so i think for all of the entrepreneurs and younger people that are listening you you focus a lot on how to gain a client there's a lot of information, a lot of courses, a lot of things that you do as an entrepreneur in the early going that become focused on gaining a client, getting that customer. But your mentality must shift quickly as to how you plan on keeping that customer, whether it's a recurring revenue and a business or, you know, it's an occasional purchase kind of business. You want, like, our customers don't do business again with us probably for an average of five to seven years. So you gotta, you have to service that client for five to seven years. It's not just when you list your home and it sells. It's a year later, you have an issue. Or two years later, you join us at a client party or whatever there's service that goes on yeah. for many many years and well, I, I had a client i called recently she moved into her house a couple of months ago and i've been following up occasionally to see how things are going and my last conversation with her which was on thursday or friday of last week i could tell there was something off so i dug in a little deeper and found out that there was some concerns she had with the house now these are things that there was no way of knowing prior to buying but again i'm like okay like light bulb turns on Client's not particularly happy with something has nothing to do with us per se, but it's an opportunity to see if there's a way. Can you to... disclose? Can you can you say what the problems were? Uh, she started to notice water leaking. Um, it's one of the rear lane townhomes, and when she bought it, I told her that that was a common problem that people would see um, because Over of the, the flat garage. roof on the terrace, and that's likely what it is. And with all the rain that we had been getting over the last few weeks. Um, she noticed water coming in, which wasn't visible before. So whether it was just because it was a dry spell that we went through and it wasn't visible, I don't know. But, you know, I'm going to go, I told her, hey, I'll pop by next week sometime and take a look and see if there's a way we can help you out. You know, put her in touch with the right people, whatever that means. But just making sure they know that there's people there to support 
you in the cases where things don't go perfectly. Um, and those sort of things do happen. I had a client, a really good client, uh, Yaddy, um, who, yeah, you know, um, he had a basement leak. This is a couple of years after he bought his house or maybe a year after he bought his house, his basement leaked. And this was after he had just finished it after moving in. Oh, really? Um, and he told me, I'm like, oh my goodness, like, that's terrible. I'll, I'm going to bring over my dehumidifier. So he's, well, he's had my dehumidifier now for about six months. So <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, I want that thing back. Um, but, you know, it just always, it never ends. And you always want to keep people happy. And to, to that point, uh, I did stop by the other day to say, hi, I was in the area. I stopped by, he was on the porch working on a woodworking project and he's, he's going to clean my thing before he returns it. So it has already been addressed. Um, but yeah, those, those are never ending. And for us, it's not just B to C it's B to B. Like when we're dealing with other real estate agents, um, that's another relationship that real estate agents need to put more, be more thoughtful about. Like it's unbelievable how during the initial negotiations before a deal's done, the other real estate agent is extremely uh, good at communicating, very responsive, super nice. But as soon as a deal's done and you've got a firm deal, between then and closing, all of a sudden they disappear. They're never, they don't respond to you. They're hard yeah, to get a hold of. Difficult to communicate. Things with, start yeah. to change. It's like you know, it's so, and that's a, an important relationship that um, businesses need to maintain is between vendors, suppliers other businesses they associate with. Um, yesterday, I said to send an email to a, another realtor that represented the buyer of one of our listings from about almost, not quite a year ago, but almost a year ago, uh, because there was missing mail that my clients couldn't find at the new house and they thought maybe it missed mail forwarding. And he was he responded immediately and he addressed the problem. So you know, when now I know going back, I have, I have to deal with that guy again, I'll be more inclined to to take that into consideration. Whereas if someone who blew me off after the transaction occurred, brings an offer in and they're competing against someone else, I'll also take that into consideration and I'll convey those things to my clients say, well, this guy I've dealt with before. He was very good to communicate with. Everything went smoothly. This other guy, you know, he was good in the beginning, but then he was hard to get a hold of. He didn't follow through with some of the things he said he was going to do. And that will impact their decision. Oh, hundred percent. It will. Um, you know, I think if I think I almost think that young people getting their first jobs and maybe I'm now, you know, I'm 40 years old. So maybe I'm dating myself because today's world, a lot of quote unquote, younger people are making money online. Like they're never going to have real jobs. They're selling stuff on shopify they're selling themselves well, on instagram they're real you know, jobs the definition has changed it's right. still a real exactly. job exactly but i mean you know not what we're accustomed to if if the current way of earning money existed when i was a teenager i would never be receiving a paycheck from a company that i didn't own myself i can tell you that for free mm -hmm. uh I know of several people that are young. And when I say young, I'm talking under 21 years old that are earning significant amount of money every month 
from YouTube, Instagram, Shopify, and doing it at their own pace, working their own life, their own schedule, whatever. But I almost think even in that sense, like if you have a Shopify store, there's customer service involved. Um, if you have a successful YouTube channel and you're in turn selling products from that channel, there's customer service involved, whatever. I almost think that everybody should be working at a restaurant, like a really good restaurant. You know, there was an old saying that if you want it to become really good at customer service, send your, if you want your child to be respectful and become a good employee and be good at customer service, have their first job working at McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. They have and a great training program. They're very, you know, very uh, structured. Yeah. That must and be why, why I'm so successful. And you were there it, too, weren't you? No. Oh, that explains a lot. Nat, 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 yeah, thanks. Natalie, Natalie worked at McDonald's as her first job and she loved it. She worked at McDonald's and then Starbucks. So two back-to-back, um, very, you know, customer service oriented companies, because if you don't get those people coming back, you know, you're losing a lot of business. Yeah. So episode 145 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast, we were talking today about customer service and um, we'd love to hear your stories about good service that you've received from a company and, and tell us the story or really bad service, whether it's online or in person. And I, I certainly want to hear the stories during COVID because I think that's where companies really could either shine or drown, right? Well, they've absolutely, their resources are stretched to their max, they're short-staffed, they're implementing new programs and processes, and there's people that are going to come out on top and then people that are just going to be, go out of business. I mean, they're just, there's a lot of pressure on them. Which as a good entrepreneur, as a great company, it brings opportunity. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, times of trouble and uh, when markets crash and all those, all those extreme instances, that's where people make a lot of money and build big businesses. Um, so you, people that become complacent and aren't aware of what's happening around them are going to get in trouble. And with my experience at Sporting Life, if that's their response and how they deal with customers, I, can, I wouldn't be surprised in a decade if they're no longer in business. For the realtors that are listening, because there's a number of realtors that listen on a regular basis, including our own, um, I got three quick tips for you. Number one, have a professional voicemail that says who you are, where you work, and when you get a voicemail, return it same day. I mean, if it's late at night, uh, there's expectation that if somebody leaves you or there's understanding if somebody leaves you a voicemail at 10 o'clock at night, they might not get a call back, but be reasonable from the hours of nine to nine. If somebody leaves you a voicemail, return that call immediately, right? As soon as you get that voicemail and check your voicemail on a regular basis. Like yeah. don't, don't check your voicemail every 24 hours. If you've got, and if voicemail, you're not able to respond to somebody immediately, just send a quick text and a text. Send a text. And hey, say, hey, your voice your message. Yeah. Really busy. Call you later tonight. So that's, that's simple. One-on-one. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because I see it all the time. 
a lot of people in our industry that aren't returning voicemails at a, you know, what's seemingly a reasonable amount of time. Um, number two, whatever the inquiry is, email, text, uh, or phone, respond quickly, right? Because there's a lot of emails that come through and people need answers and want answers right away. Respond quickly and make sure if it's an email or a text, again, that your professional information, your name, your contact details, where you work, et cetera, are in those fields, like are in the text or in the email. And uh, what was my third one? I forgot I had three good ones at the top of my head. While you keep thinking on the note of that one, just as an example, I got so frustrated that I couldn't find an easy way to communicate with the people that I needed to, to resolve that problem. And we often can't find phone numbers for real estate agents when we need to communicate with them. So that's so frustrating. You could lose a customer before you ever had the opportunity to get them. I picked not up a call. That. I picked up a call last, uh, two nights ago. It was on one of your, uh, properties for lease on main street here in downtown Milton. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was a call directly to my cell phone because my cell phone number is on every one of our listings. So I, I often get calls that, you know, really aren't directed towards me, but they are. And I picked up the phone. It was uh, a Saturday night. I would have been Saturday or Sunday night. Anyway, it was on the weekend and it was like eight o'clock at night. And I picked up the phone. And I said, good afternoon. Thank you for, or good evening. Thank you for calling the Cremendi Trot team. This is Ariel speaking. How can I help you? Silence. And I'm like, hello. And she goes, oh, hi. I said, yes. How can I help you? She goes, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. I wasn't expecting anybody to pick up the phone. <laughs> I said, well, I can hang up and you can leave me a voicemail if you prefer. And she That's was funny. laughing, right? Uh, My third tip for realtors out there, uh, and this is really anybody that, um, I guess these tips are applicable to anybody selling anything, right? Or or in business as an entrepreneur, whether you're an electrician selling lights, Christmas lights, or selling shoes, whatever. So to your point, if you get a voicemail and you respond and say, hey, I got your voicemail, call you back by 9 p.m., First of all, you, you're winning because you did that. But you can quickly lose if you don't return that call by 9 p.m. Yeah. So do what you're going to say you're going to do. Or and, don't say what you're going to do. <laughs> well, I, I think you should. I think you should set up <laughs> something that has expectation because as an example, I know lawyers, doctors, dentists, even some realtors, um, they'll, they'll provide a 24 hour window. They'll yes. say, okay, you leave me a voicemail. Banks, banks are notorious for this. If you call like a branch manager in their voicemail, it'll say I'm in the office from 9am to 4pm. If you leave me a voicemail during those hours, I will return your call by the end of the business day. Outside of those hours, I'll return your call within 24 hours. Yeah. But so fine, you've set me up and you've set the expectation. But if you don't return my call now in 24 hours, 
immediately I am putting a strike on that relationship. I'm saying, you know what? You even said that you would call me back by 6 p.m. tomorrow. And it's now the following day or it's 9 p.m. And I thought I was never hearing back from you again. So I've moved on and I've hired somebody else or whatever. So so those are three uh, quick tips to kind of wrap up this podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard, uh, please smash that subscribe button. And um, we'll see you for one, episode 146 next week.